what up what up what up how are you oh my god i'm tired a little under the weather but um i'm sorry yeah um but i've been resting i've been good okay good um having a great day of cooking and um okay binge watching married at first sight Wow. Okay. Are you watching the pre- just the previous the old seasons? Yeah. So the last season I saw was season nine, which was on Netflix. That's the one. That's the so, one that I've seen in full. Yeah. Okay. So I am also doing a pre-trial of a some streaming service. I I've never heard this before. What's it called? But um, Philo. Like Fila, but with an O. Yeah. Okay. And um so they have like all the seasons on there up to season twelve. I guess they're are they on season twelve now or they're on season thirteen? I can't remember. I um, I wanna say yeah, I wanna say twelve, but they crank them out pretty fast, so Oh my gosh, they really, really do. So yeah, the new season is season twelve, so they have a new season on there. So I'm watching um, season, I just finished season 10, and it's so funny because, like, I just skipped several episodes in the middle because I was like, this is boring. Um, So I skipped (laughs) towards, like, the end, and I was like, I just want to see who ends up together. Mm -hmm. Some crazy stuff happened in between. I was like, okay, well, maybe I should have watched, but I was like, no, this, like, the reunion and the last show gives, like, a nice little recap. I see all the, the high points, so... Okay. Yeah, so I was like, okay, like, wow, only one couple stayed together in oh, season wow. 11. Yeah, they have five couples. Oh, that's a lot of couples to follow. Yes, it was. Well, one of them quit kind of early, though, so that was good that they had the five. Oh, okay. Um, and then season 11, yeah, they have the cool black people. So I wanted to see that because like okay. on Instagram, I've seen them because like they're all over Instagram and they're like beautiful. These two couples, the guys are best friends and they were on the show the same season. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And so, yeah, like beautiful. Like they are just like, I was like, okay, y'all are like Instagram like couples like y'all belong in magazines so okay. i i love it so i'm looking forward to seeing like their stories unfold so and it's in new orleans so that should be fun oh that is fun so that's 12 this newest that's season. 11 oh that's 11 12 okay. yeah 12 is actually in atlanta and oh, that wow. just started a few weeks ago i think yeah interesting that should be interesting mm-hmm. 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 Okay. so that's yeah that's what i've been that's what I've been doing today. Okay, very nice. And I have a little snack, so I'm trying not to be too loud. I'm sorry. Oh, good girl. I'm sorry. Yeah. Joey! I don't know that you are. I don't know that you are. I'm not, because when you said you're ready, I went to go grab a snack. 
but I was a little peckish. Mm. Um. All right. Well, shall we jump in? Yeah. Been okay. a while because we. You know, uh, yeah. Like yeah. wonderful things have happened since the last time we were here. Um. So- Everyone I know has been singing the New Day song from the Wiz. So. Oh my gosh! Well, it's funny. It's like I, it's like I feel like it was like a a, a, a reprise for me because I sang it like for weeks after the election results. Um, <laughs> and like I literally, like I played it in my car the day of, like you know, like the day that it was like when everything finally like became official or whatever, you know. Um, and so then, yeah, it was definitely like a reprise of um, of the Wiz. So so good. So good. So as everyone is well aware, uh, last week, this past Wednesday, January 20th, uh, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris were inaugurated, who were inaugurated. Um, And um, it was really, uh, I think, I think everyone entered Wednesday with kind of just fear and trepidation, given all the drama from just two weeks right. prior, uh, which is the last we we last recorded immediately after the rioting and insurrection at the Capitol, um, and so um, so yeah, so there was basically DC was on like lockdown for all intents and purposes. Like the when they p- did the pan out view of dc like as like the preparations were getting made or whatever it was really looked like the set of like a you know like on a studio set of like this of of a movie being filmed with like dc as the backdrop because it was just a ghost town like there was just there's Mm -hmm. like barely any traffic like you know for a place that is just metropolitan and you know obviously the the capital of the united states and you know like that's a bustling town um it really like you were expecting almost for like a tumbleweed to come through because they were just like nope unless you have actual business here there's no reason for you to be here like this this whole week essentially you know um so yeah so but the inauguration went off without a hitch um it was a beautiful thing uh so many amazing um just so much like great artistry in terms of music and poetry and all of that. Um, But obviously the historical significance um, that was at the center of much of it was the fact that Kamala Harris became the first black South Asian vice president um, with and woman and woman um, (laughs) like just so many firsts surrounding her. Right. So this right. uh, this is just a quick article on her from NBC News, um, and it's by uh, Dartinoro Clark and Char Adams. And so it says, Kamala Harris, the daughter of an Indian mother and a Jamaican father, both immigrants, broke a nearly two-century barrier in American politics long dominated by white men on Wednesday when she was inaugurated as the nation's first female vice president as well as the first black American and the first person of South Asian descent. Her swearing in was laced with the historic nature of the day. Um, and I love these the following like bits and pieces I think are just I think that this whole inauguration was really laced with a lot of significant symbolism. Um, and so this yes. is this is part of that. It's um, the oath of office was administered 
by Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, the first Latin member, Latina member of the High Court. Harris swore on two Bibles, one belonging to Regina Shelton, a close family friend, and the other once owned by Thurgood Marshall, the first Black mm-hmm. Supreme Court Justice. Um, so, so cool. Um, Harris often says that Marshall inspired her to become a lawyer. Um, and again, just I think there was so much of that throughout the day, right? Like, you know, like her yeah. being inspired by Thurgood Marshall to, you know, go into law or whatever. Um and again, this whole idea of how much representation matters and just like all the little girls like across the country um, and, yeah. you know, little girls, little colored girls like watching this woman um, and this, you know, and this black woman, you know, someone that looks like you, you know, becoming vice president, swearing in and, and taking the oath of office um, and just how much that matters. Like, who is she, you know, like how many people, how many countless women is she inspiring to do any number of things, you know? Um, right. So it's, I don't know, it's, it was, I cried. Um, yeah. I cried. <laughs> and I'm like mad that you think you weren't going to cry. I was, I was like, who do you think you are? Like, I was you- like, I am, I am a statue. I am made of stone. I am not going to cry. I was, it was really funny too, is because I was, you know, I was watching it live. I was really excited because it, because it was on Wednesday, Wednesdays are my later day at work. I have a late morning. And so I just, I realized like, oh, I'm actually just, because it's so, you know, it's so early here on um, the West Coast because it has to be by noon on on the East Coast. I was like, oh, I'm going to be home for all of it. So I was super excited that I got to like watch it live. And so I'm like uh-huh. watching it. I'm like on Facebook, like as like all the like preliminary stuff. Like I started watching it early in the morning. Um. And yeah, like uh, people were posting, like at, even as the ceremony started, like already crying, like in tears, like all these different posts. And I was like, "Man, I'm not gonna cry." Like I <laughs> totally, like, I ain't no punk. I ain't, I ain't no punk. No I ain't no punk. I go no cry. All these people crying, girl. She got up there, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, it like stuck up on me because yeah." And you know, like I was running around doing my thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> "Let me gather myself together." <laughs> yeah, it was it was really emotional. And again, like I just didn't. I was yeah, I didn't expect it. Um, Harris also <laughs> wore an outfit designed by Christopher John Rogers and Sergio Hudson, both of whom are black and from the South, a region pivotal to the Biden Harris tickets win. Rogers is from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Hudson is from South Carolina. Um, Her fashion choice tracks with the value that Harris said her mother instilled in her. You may be the first to do many things. Make sure you're not the last. Um, That was a quote. Um, Harris honored her mother, uh, Shyamala Harris, who died in 2009 in a Twitter video Wednesday morning. And saying, quote, I'm here today because of the woman, the women who came before me to the woman most responsible for my presence here today. My mother, Shyamala Gopalan, Gopalan Harris, who is always in our hearts. When she came here from India at the age of 19, she maybe didn't quite imagine this moment, but she, she believes so deeply in an America where a moment like this is possible. Um, and then um, as many of already know Harris's political career has included many barrier breaking moments such as serving as California's first black female attorney general and being the second black woman elected to the U.S. Senate. 
Her ascension to the vice presidency, however, comes at a time of deep consequence for the nation as it grapples with the role of policing black and brown neighborhoods, institutional racism, exposing sexism and harassment against women in various industries, and confronting a pandemic that has disproportionately hit minority communities. Uh, political observers have noted that Harris's place on the ticket resonated with voters of color and was also indicative of the power and influence Black women have as a voting bloc in the country and particularly in the Democratic Party. Um, so it goes, this article goes uh, much deeper into like her career um, and just kind of, you know, where she's been or whatever. Um, but what I the one more thing that I will mention is, um, you know, she's uh, she she's it says she dug into her heritage at Howard University, one of the most prestigious historically black colleges in the country. The university whose campus in Washington served as a backdrop to her swearing in was the springboard from youth to adulthood for the future lawmaker. While there, she honed her sharp debating skills and her understanding of her multiracial heritage. She also became a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, a historically black sorority, making her also the first vice president from a historically black Greek letter organization. Um, woo, so, so many exciting things. Uh -huh. um, and um, whether, no matter, I feel, well, I, I feel like no matter where you are on the political spectrum, um, this was, you know, from a historical standpoint, um, a really important and significant day um, for uh, women in America, for people of color in America, um, you know, whether you agree with uh, Kamala Harris and with Joe Biden on their policies or not, uh, I think that, um, you know, it, you'd be remiss to overlook how significant just the day the day was overall so um so yay congratulations so exciting so exciting um so so we have a new president um uh -huh. and <laughs> it's just an awesome thing um and someone else who's really excited to have a new president is dr anthony fauci <laughs> oh my god the I saw a meme and someone was like, okay, this is just adorable. It was like his, a picture of him, like kind of like how it started, how it, you know, that meme. Yeah, like yeah, how, how it started, started how, how it's going. going. Yeah. How it's going. So it was a picture of him like with his hand in his, his, in his, his face in his hand. Mm -hmm. And then the, how it's going, like literally he was like gleeful. Oh my like, gosh. So happy. <laughs> You've never seen somebody more happy to get like a brand new boss. Like it's like, oh uh, yeah, under like, under new management is like it's like if if under new management yes. was like a person, it would be Anthony Fauci. Oh um, my gosh, he is so happy. <laughs> he's so happy. I mean, and I, as we all are, but this dude was like personally having to deal with this on a regular. So yeah. Um. So this is from the Washington Post. Um. Dateline January twenty first by Paul Shem and Emily Rauhala. The headline is, Fauci praises WHO leadership in coronavirus pandemic signaling the break from Trump era. So going forward, the United States will work with 
not against, the World Health Organization, who. That was the message delivered Thursday by President Biden's chief medical advisor and Vice President Harris. In remarks to the UN Health Agency's executive board Wednesday morning, Anthony S. Fauci confirmed that the United States will halt its withdrawal from the WHO and work cooperatively to fight the coronavirus pandemic. That will mean opting into COVAX. And this is very interesting. COVAX is a multi, multilateral plan to distribute coronavirus vaccines that has drawn support from more than 170 nations, but was spurned by former President Donald Trump during his feud with the WHO. Harris also spoke with the agency's director general, oh, this man's name, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus. Tedros tweeted Thursday that he thanked Harris and Biden for, quote, their commitment to WHO and global health. The upbeat remarks delivered on Biden's first full day in office signaled the new administration's desire to restore the United States relationship with an organization it helped found and shape after months of WHO bashing and threats. (laughs) WHO bashing. And the WHO's apparent willingness to work with them. Uh, Fauci said, the United States stands ready to work in partnership and solidarity to support the international COVID-19 response, mitigate its impact on the world, strengthen our institutions, advance epidemic preparedness for the future, and improve the health and well-being of all people throughout the world. Um, so that's, this is just exciting. I'm excited for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited on Dr. Fauci's behalf. Um so it goes into further detail, just kind of, you know, the history of like what went wrong with the who under the Trump administration and all of that. Um, but- I love as soon as he got in office, he was like dismantling. Yes. <laughs> all the executive order. Like, yes. No. Like, no to that. No to that. Take that back. Nope, nope, nope. And yeah, fix this. Call them, say sorry, and you know, can we? You know, like, I mean, literally, it was just like reverse, like hit, hit reset, hit reverse on a few things. Um, so yeah, so I am this is exciting again, like, even just this idea that there's this. I mean, I didn't even know about Kovax and this, um, you know, which you know, again, that like the plan to distribute vaccines that's been approved by over 170 nations that we haven't been doing or had access to or whatever um you know like it's so ridiculous i mean that's in the news too you know there's a lot of you know current news about the difficulties um that of how you know how to get the vaccine to millions and millions of people um in a timely way, especially when you have a vaccine that requires two doses, you know, um, which most of them are. So, yeah, so that's just refreshing. And again, I just feel like there's so much hope um, in the atmosphere, right? Uh-huh. Um, which leads us to our next uh, quick story. Um, and this is just an update on a previous. Um, so this is from Politico. Dateline January 22nd by Marianne Levine and Sarah Ferris. It says Schumer agrees to two week delay of Trump's impeachment trial. So Senator Senate Majority Leader, sorry, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer agreed Friday night 
to a two-week delay of former President Donald, I love that everything starts with former president, former President Donald Trump's impeachment okay. trial, allowing the chamber to focus on confirming President Joe Biden's cabinet and coronavirus relief. Um, so under the timeline outlined by Schumer, the House will deliver the article of impeachment Monday evening. Senators will be sworn in Tuesday and the trial will officially begin the week of February 8th. The framework for the trial comes after Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell also called for a two-week delay in order to give Trump time to plan his legal defense. Mm -hmm. uh, Schumer said on Friday, the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol incited by Donald J. Trump was a day none of us will ever forget. We all want to put this awful chapter in our nation's history behind us. But healing and unity, unity will only come if there is truth and accountability. And that is what this trial will provide. Um, so then Doug... Andres, a spokesperson for McConnell, said the GOP leader is glad that leader Schumer agreed to Republicans' request for additional time during the pre-trial pre phase, calling it a win for due process and fairness. Uh, the House managers and Trump's legal team will spend the next two weeks drafting their legal briefs. Under the trial schedule, the president's team will have until February 2nd to answer the article and House managers will submit their pre-trial brief the same day. Trump's pre-trial pre brief, I don't know why that's so hard to say, will then be <laughs> will then be due February 8th and the House will have until February 9th for the rebuttal, which will allow the trial to officially begin. Uh, earlier Friday, Speaker Nancy Pelosi dismissed concerns by Republicans that Trump's legal team wouldn't have adequate time if the trial started next week after the impeachment article is delivered to the Senate. She said the former president will have had the same amount of time to prepare for a trial as our managers. So there's that. She also went on uh -huh. to say the House has been respectful of the Senate's constitutional power over the trial and always attentive to the fairness of the process. Um noting that Monday would be a momentous and solemn day. Um, so, yeah, so that's basically it. Um, I was really surprised an, an adjacent story to this that I am not reading, but just alluding to is just, you know, Mitch McConnell had really strong words um, about Trump's responsibility um, for the insurrection, which I was like shocked by. <laughs> like, uh -huh. I was really, really surprised. Glad, like really glad, but like super like, wow. Like I just, I did not, he was very um, firm in his, uh, uh, you, know, you know, basically laying the responsibility um, on, on, uh, on former president Trump. So yeah, that was, so I'm, hopeful of where this is actually going like in terms of the whole uh, accountability piece of it um so yeah so there's something to look forward to in the coming weeks um yes and i will end on a high note uh going back to the inauguration and this is from la times uh and um dateline uh january 20th uh, by Julia Barajas, and it's uh -huh. how a 22-year-old L.A. native became Biden's inauguration poet. So anyone who, even if you didn't watch the inauguration, this this young lady has been all over 
every, everyone's uh-huh. social media feed and and she's you know just all in the news because of her delivery of her poetry at um, the inauguration. So it says, uh, like most of us, Amanda Gorman has been cooped up at home because of the pandemic. In her case, that's meant staying in her West Los Angeles apartment, binge watching the great British baking show. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Unlike most of us, she got some very exciting news recently via Zoom that she'd been handpicked to read a poem at President Joe Biden's inauguration. The first lady, Jill Biden, is a fan of her work and convinced the inaugural committee that Gorman would be a perfect fit. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, love, I love that. So Gorman, all of 22, became the Youth Poet Laureate of Los Angeles at age 16, which is crazy. I'm like, who is this girl? Is so impressive. It's ridiculous. Um, it's so crazy because she um, they've mentioned in some art. First of all, like L.A. is so like crazy. Like I saw the last name. I know someone with that last name. And I was like, hmm, I wonder. But then all of a sudden, all of my Facebook posts. I'm like Facebook friends with her aunt. So oh, she's been wow. like okay. posting about her like nonstop and how proud she is. Aww. And so I was like, oh, that's sweet. And then she, um, I guess, participated in this program um, with a nonprofit that I, you know, have like worked with and, you know, gone to some events uh-huh. and supported in the past called Right Girl, oh. which I was like, oh my God, that's like so amazing. It's like a great, great, um, nonprofit where they like take teenage girls uh-huh. and like kind of take them through different types of like writing. So like sometimes oh. they'll have a, a, a um a like module on poetry or they'll have a module on like different types of like creative writing. I love that, and it's just so neat like the work that they do. So if you're not familiar with Right Girl, like you can see like you know of course this girl I'm sure is just super talented and it has like an amazing like support system, but also like this organization played a, a huge part in like her development so if you're unfamiliar with it like please support them so that we can have like more oh i am gonna amazing go to the, women yeah. writers yeah i'm going to their website as soon as we're done recording that's awesome yeah i love that mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah so gorman all of 22 became the youth poet again at 16 um and, wow. and then uh the first national youth poet laureate three years later um, on Wednesday, she became the youngest poet to write and recite a piece at a presidential inauguration, following in the considerably more experienced footsteps of Maya Angelou and Robert Frost. A rock, a river, a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Whose words these are, I think. <laughs> His house is in the village, though. I literally, that's like, I for some reason, I, of all the poems that I ever had to memorize, like um that that Robert Frost poem is like emblazoned in my mind um, I was doing the Maya Angelou poem that she did at the Clinton inauguration ah yes <laughs> very good well we've oh, got that... it all covered we've got all our poet laureates covered. yes we have our poet moments <laughs> covered lord Jesus I just remember that because yeah Bill Clinton was like the best thing to happen to us when we were teenagers like it was like Oh my God! A cool president. Like it was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, and then but, uh, it, and then it went left. And then it all. <laughs> oh man. Um. All right, Gorman, Amanda. Gorman, yes. Yeah. So 
Her precocious path was paved with both opportunities and challenges, an early passion for language and the diverse influences of her native city. Gorman grew up near Westchester, hey, but spent the bulk of her time around the New Roads School, which New Roads is uh, the new name for Crossroads. Um, so you'll know it oh, as Crossroads. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was like, what in the world? Why do I not yeah. know this? Okay. <laughs> because, yeah, because it's, it's, it's <laughs> a new name. Right. I was like, New okay. Roads, what's that? Crossroads. Okay. 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 Got, yes. I do know Crossroads. You know okay. exactly where Crossroads is. So um, it's a socio economically diverse private school in Santa Monica. Her mother, Joan Wicks, teaches middle school in Watts. Shuttling among the neighborhoods gave Gorman a window onto the deep inequities that divide zip codes. She said, having a mom who is a teacher had a huge impact on me. Uh, And she said she witnessed her ability to empower young people through language. Long before she began reading her own poetry aloud in grand spaces for grand occasions, from the 4th of July to the inauguration of a new president of Harvard University, Gorman was falling in love simultaneously simultaneously with the written and spoken word. Her relationship with poetry dates at least to the third grade when her teacher read Ray Bradbury's Dandelion Wine to the class. She can't recall what metaphor caught her attention, but she remembers that it reverberated inside of her. Isn't that sweet? Gorman still keeps the children's version of Jane Eyre that she bought at a dollar store, the artifact of a habit that racked up late fees at several LA libraries. Once, oh oh my gosh, man, (laughs) I remember library fees. Um, Once a book Mm -hmm. becomes a part of her, she has a hard time giving it back. Uh, She says, My friends will be like, You love this book. Let me lend it to you. And I'm like, Listen, listen to me. Don't. Yeah, you want that book back? You want to see that book again? Unless you don't ever want to see it again. Oh, she's so cute. Um, Her first foray into public speaking came even earlier, a second grade monologue in the voice of Chief Osceola of Florida's Seminole Tribe. (laughs) Um, She says, I'm sure anyone who saw it was kind of aghast at this 15 pound black girl who was pretending to die on stage as a Native American chief. But I think it was important in my development because I really wanted to do justice to the story and bring it to life. It was the first time that I really leaned into the performance of text. Uh, Gorman is a lot better at it now, but still working on her confidence as a public speaker. In fact, like her predecessor, Angelou, and the president-elect, she grapples with a speech impediment. Uh, all writers, she said, experience anxiety about the quality of their work. But she says, for me, there was this other echelon of pressure, which is, can I say that which needs to be said? Gorman has labored to perfect sounds most people take for granted. The R has been a particular challenge. The girl who would grow up to perform in front of Lin-Manuel Miranda, Al Gore, Hillary Clinton, and Malala Yousafzai struggled for years not to say poetry instead of poetry. Um, She says, but I don't look at my disability as a weakness. It's made me the performer that I am and the storyteller that I strive to be. When you have to teach yourself how to say sounds, when you have to be highly concerned about pronunciation, it gives you a certain awareness of sonics, of the auditory experience. Whereas Angelou had strangers at the supermarket inquiring about her progress in the run-up to her reading at Bill Clinton's inauguration, Gorman has written her poem in pandemic-induced solitude. 
But the enormity of the task was not lost on her. While riding the hill we climb, which would take, which should take about six minutes to read at the ceremony in Washington, D.C., or which took six minutes to read, the poet listened to music that helped put her, quote, in a historic and epic mindset, including soundtracks from The Crown, Lincoln, Darkest Hour, and Hamilton. Gorman also wrote her poem, while watching <coughs> pro-Trump, extre- no, you're fine. Gorman also wrote her poem while watching pro-Trump extremists storm the U.S. Capitol, a scene she found quote jarring and violating, but not surprising. She said, "I think we'd seen the signs and symptoms for a while." Uh, the attack on Congress made its way into her work, not as a rupture, but as a harsh fact of our history. She says, I wasn't trying to write something in which those events were painted as an irregularity or different from an America that I know. America is messy. It's still in its early development of all that we can become. And I have to recognize that in the poem. I can't ignore that or erase it. And so I crafted an inaugural poem that recognizes these scars and these wounds. Hopefully it will move us towards healing them. Um. So it goes on a little bit in terms of just like, you know, more of her background and everything. The important thing to know, I think, also is that she has a, uh, two children's books coming out. Um, and the, one of them is entitled Change Sings, a children's anthem. Uh, wor- words by Amanda Gorman and pictures by Lauren Long. So mm. that is something to look forward to. Um, I believe that's in September uh, she, she will release this is the first of two children's books um, and they don't mention um, the the title of the second book so I guess that's still in the works but the illustrator for her book Change Sings is a same illustrator that created the art for Obama's of the I Sing A Letter to My Daughters mm-hmm. um, so yeah so that's something to look forward to so yeah very accomplished incredibly articulate um, and just talented uh, young woman. And she did an amazing job in like what has to be like one of the most like international settings to just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like talk about world stage, like that's mm-hmm. crazy. So she was amazing. Definitely like one, one of, if not the highlight of the the performances at the inauguration, which was just which was just so good. I mean, you had Lady Gaga and J Lo, and um, again the historic uh, significance of Kamala Harris's um, oath, and and then and then Amanda Gorman. That was just like just so refreshing, and she what she she looked gorgeous. The her like red like bright red like mm-hmm. headband that was almost like a headdress because she had it like on her like her braids were all the way up you know and the be- so pretty. beautiful yellow coat was just it's like oh my she was just epic it apparently was epic. oprah gave her i guess earrings and a yes ring. yes she so, was wearing, yeah. she had accessories accessorized by oprah no less um yeah just like in honor of uh, Maya Angelou so I was like that was so like it was just so everything was like oh so touching but I love this kind of thing because usually 
there's a whole lot of symbolism behind like everything that happens at these events and yeah which i mean which is as it should be but this i feel like was really just so packed with mm -hmm. you know like there was so much to it um so yeah it was it was great it was it was great and again i was just i think not just me but like myself and the rest of the country were just like a big sigh of relief that it was um that it went off without a hitch that there was no like stupid drama um or tragedy or you know anything like it was just everything was fine so um uh, that's it that's all i've got Oh, that's so nice. Okay, thank you for that. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy uh, day. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of double down on the inauguration thing because yeah. the viral box, so two things, and they're both um, inauguration related. Okay. So the one thing, of course, is Bernie Sanders. Uh, <laughs> First, his mittens. His and his coat and carrying his mail <laughs> um, at the inauguration. Yes. Wearing, I'm a grandpa, you know. Um, I, my favorite one was the first one I saw that was like Bernie Sanders um, looks, is dressed like this is on his to-do list, but he got other stuff to do today. It's like. So <laughs> It's so it's so true. Like I saw that was definitely the the first one I saw, and I was dying laughing. I was like, "That is like exactly that's exactly it. how he looks. That is exactly how it is." So did you see the you. one that was like a to do like Bernie's to do list, and it was like it was like little like bullet points, and it was like okay, like uh, post office, um, <laughs> stop by Joe's thing. Um, yes, I was like. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So, like, it started there, but then it kept going to the meme of him sitting in the chair. Yes. Um, with his, business, you know, kind of like, okay, let's, let's go. Like, grumpy old man, like, you know, he's like the friend who's, you know, at the party, but they didn't drive and they ready to go. I mm -hmm. was like, yes, that is him. And then people putting him, like, there's a whole generator where you can put Bernie in situations <laughs> with you yeah. uh, uh, put him on top of stuff like it uh, if someone has him as like you know Monica and before uh, before you walk out of my life where she's sitting on the curb with those ugly white shoes like they put Bernie like sitting on the curb like Monica I was like okay I'm officially done with you internet good day they, they are are it's hilarious there's, so I finally found out how he got the mittens, which I, you know, I know that they said he got it from a teacher. Um, she makes mitt repurposed wool um, mittens made out of repurposed wool sweaters. Mm -hmm. um, and so Sanders' daughter-in-law runs a daycare. Um, oh, okay. Runs her, runs her daughter's daycare, and so she made a gift for all of the teachers one year, a couple years ago. Uh -huh. And added an extra pair for the daughter-in-law to give Bernie Sanders. So that oh, that is terrific. How he got the mittens. So thank you so much, um, Jen Ellis, for giving him the mittens, and thank you, Bernie <laughs> thank Sanders, you, Jen. for 
doing it. And oh, the sweatshirts. Yes. His, I was like, you know, you could tell that he has young people working for him. Absolutely. Because they immediately put the meme on a sweatshirt, sold it for $45, sold out. Yep. Sold Um, out. And donated to Meals on Wheels. Yeah. Yeah. So that is amazing. And I love everything about that. So yes. the other viral thing that the other thing that went viral was um the Air Jordan Dior ones took center stage at the inauguration. Have you seen oh. like the whole you know no I saw I should say I know of them, but I didn't know that they went viral. Oh my gosh, there are so many articles about it, like people screenshotting him coming down the stairs as like Amy Klobuchar was speaking. Well, because like I this- noticed that too. I was like, who is walking behind her right now? Okay. Yes. And then in tennis shoes. So yes. the person wearing the tennis these expensive tennis shoes um is Nicholas Ajagu, who is Kamala Harris's niece's husband. So Mina Harris is Kamala Harris's niece, uh-huh. and the shoes belong to her husband. And uh, so, so he's we- the dad of the cute little girls. He's the daddy of the adorable little girls. So, yes. And so it was kind of funny because someone asked her on Twitter, you know, hey, was Nick wearing Air Dior's at the inauguration? And she was just said, yes. And then shaking my head. Right. And then, like, later she was like, they, you know, like went through the inauguration and she comes back. She's like, oh my God, Nick's gone viral. Um, while I step away from the internet for you know an hour to right. be at the inauguration and come back to my husband's shoes, being all over the internet and all the think pieces, sneakerheads are very this. Uh-uh. And so someone asked her, um, "Hey, so did this sneaker versus dress shoe thing come up?" And she was like, yes. She's like, when he was packing for D.C., he actually asked me whether he should bring Jordans or stick to dress shoes. I didn't know which J's he was considering because, of course, he if he owns these shoes. Oh, he's got he a has, whole closet of. D, of, of uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah, a serious yeah. sneakerhead because, you know, the shoes, you know, cost two thousand dollars off rip. That's insane. To, no, no, no. But you had to enter like a lottery to even because they're limited edition, um, um, Jordan, um, Nike, Dior collaboration, you had to be in a lottery to even get the chance to spend your two thousand dollars. Wow! And so they don't know if he bought them that way or he, you know, paid for them, you know, whatever. Because right now, like on a sne- sneaker website, they're going, they're like going for like upwards ten thousand dollars right that now. That is bananas like that's like a whole world that i like have no oh yeah oh yeah like i have like serious yeah they're so serious that i'm just like i have like no like room for like yeah like i can't even begin like that's crazy to me yeah so she was like i didn't know which jc was considering but i think like i was reading other articles about it and they're like if you're gonna wear jays to an event like this like, no, like, if you bought this shoe, which is so rare, even, you know, among mm-hmm. sneakerhead, like, it would have to be a special place. And they're like, what other special place, if you're a sneaker person, would you wear these shoes? They're like, mm-hmm. especially now that we're in quarantine, where you can't go anywhere. Right. So they're like, 
this was the perfect place. So everyone's very excited. And she's like, I didn't know which days he was considering. Apparently, I was in a jolly mood. So I said, do whatever makes you happy. He never <laughs> followed up. <laughs> I love that. That's like such the like distracted wife. Like, yeah, yeah. Baby, whatever you want or whatever. And it, this is what it turns into. Like, this is what yeah, you're like, like, your moment I'm of inaction. I'm trying to get these kids together. I'm excited about my auntie. I'm nervous that something's going to happen. Right. We got to get these kids and pack and fly somewhere during the pandemic. Like, do whatever makes you happy. She's like, he never followed up either way. Of course he did of course it. Not. You said do whatever. I, what? I ain't gonna question it. I ain't gonna bring it up again. I'm just gonna take it to her. She said, yeah, babe. Yeah, sure. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. I was like, he was like, er, say what? Yeah. He, Let me pack these bad there. boys real quick. Because their oldest looks like she might be like around four or five. So he knows. Uh-huh. He knows the deal. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm just going to take this. Yeah. And, and run. Run. Yes. Run. <laughs> and he did. I'm not even mad at him. He was like, this is this is like the only time she may ever say that to me ever again. Right. She's He's like, she is so happy right now. And yeah. distracted. Yeah. That I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I love this story. That is hilarious. So, oh yes. So good job, bringing. You know, we really have um, millennials in, um, in the in the in the app um, in the mix now because this oh, is they're, absolutely they're there. They are absolutely like there. a millennial thing. So this is like amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, and our first millennial senator too. Uh, John also. Yeah, so this is like wow, this is like crazy. So so yeah, so that's the uh viral vox. Those two things like brought yeah, me so terrific. much joy. They were hilarious. So very good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Good job. So thank you. Good job, you guys too, for doing that. So something like nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, not crazy viral stuff. Because the thing, see, the thing is, last week and this week were so different. Because I, we, I know we didn't tape last week, but I was ready, so I had my little notes, and it was just <laughs> foolishness, just foolishness. So I am so glad that it's like non-foolishness this week. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good thing. It's yeah, about it. Yeah. So, um. Because, yeah, so I don't know if you heard about this. So I'm going to bring up the one thing that I was going to bring up last okay. week. Is it still viral? Uh, no, we're going to move on away. It could go either way. Because okay. it did go viral. But we're going to talk about it. Wait, tell me everything. Okay. So did you hear about Bow Wow and, and his party in Houston? I promise you I did not. Right, because it's not 2000. <laughs> It's 2021. Like, is Bow Wow so, still going by Bow Wow? Because that's is ridiculous. Bow Wow still a thing? No, no, he's no longer Lil. He's no longer Lil, but he oh, actually is still oh, so Lil. He, Lil. he dropped yeah. the Lil. He dropped. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. He's still so, Lil though, but he's going by Bow Wow or Shad. Moss, Shad. That's his name, Shad. So Shad Moss or Bow Wow. So anyway. So he's all up in arms because it went around. There's a party where he was on stage performing in Houston. Okay. I, when I thought Atlanta was open, this is like the second like big Houston story that's come out of people like having a, a ball um, out 
talking about Houston. Wow. They were partying in Houston in a club. Um, Bow Wow was performing. Like, no mask anywhere. It was packed. So the mm. response, the reason why I went viral, because people saw that, people saw Bow Wow performing. They're like, so people really out here in 2021, the year of our Lord, 2021, <laughs> risking their lives for Bow Wow. Are, I mean, are you serious right now? I mean, I have um, so many questions. <laughs> Um, really is this what we're doing understand so that was the big thing like last week because this happened and he was all up in arms he's like why am i taking the fall because i'm the most famous person i was like if you're the most famous person again Mm -mm. at this party i still have questions yes um so it was apparently somebody's birthday meek mill was actually hosting the party and Bow Wow was only performing one song. He was like, I performed the one song or whatever. And I went back to VIP and put my mask on. I was like, okay, girl, whatever. But still. <laughs> <laughs> why were your presence is condoning these shenanigans? It's He's like, I didn't so get paid dumb. for this. Was it, you know? And I was like, again, that makes it worse. If you're not even picking up a bag. Like, why are mm-hmm. you doing this? Like, it's just so, so stupid. A lot of these celebrities are just being so irresponsible. So irresponsible. Um, just the OnlyFans page, earn your money that way. Like, just stop having these public events. Like, just stop. Like, I know it's up, up to people's own personal responsibility to not be stupid. But still, if you don't have these things, people won't go to these things. So, like celebrities all the celebrities who listen to this podcast just stop yeah, with all, the large <laughs> for our large celebrity contingency <laughs> please please for the love of god cut it out Bow wow like i'll text you know i text you like chad don't do that like stop what are you what are you doing really Get back chad to Atlanta and go sit in a house somewhere don't do somewhere that. anywhere any house anywhere will do. Yeah, so that was like one of the things last week. So I'm like, y'all crazy. Risk your life for Meek Mill, Chad Moss, any of these fools. Yeah. It's too much. It's insane. So so yeah, so bringing up more 2000 (laughs) stuff. So I was like, again, like, is it 2000? Like, what is happening right now? So Keisha Cole and Ashanti did finally. Oh, their verses. Their verses that was postponed twice. And they were like, finally, you know, rescheduled for the last time. Like, right, I don't believe it. So <laughs> I forgot all about it because I was going to do it before. I was like, even though I knew it was going to be God awful because neither one of them could hold a note in a glass. No, no. So, but, you know, they had some bops, you know, some good songs. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, even off key, you know, they were bops. So... Um, I forgot about it until I looked on Facebook and people were, you know, posting about it. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, let me, you know, run on over to um, Instagram and see what's going on. Right. But people were complaining because Keisha Cole was an hour late. Oh, stop it. Yes. An hour late. No, so Black Twitter right, went in. So Shanti was late. But she wasn't an hour late. So I was like, oh, good lord. 
Um, and so apparently people were like, why does she have an attitude? So apparently she tuned on Kishiko when she got on, she had an attitude about it or was kind of unpleasant. I'm like, all right. So I didn't tune in at that point. So when I tuned in, they were like an hour in at that point Uh because I was doing something else. And I was like, oh, people say they're not on, so why am I going to go on and just look at a shot for an hour? Like, that's crazy. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) that's just weird. That's Uh, That's not a versus. So I don't want to see an Ashanti concert. So again, because it's not 2000. So whatever. So I go and um, finally tune in. Keisha Cole was singing something. And the sound wasn't great because they're not, they couldn't do it in person again because Uh of everything, the the surge or whatever. So they stopped Uh doing that. Um, and I think Ashanti had had COVID at some point, so right because that wasn't that why yeah, it got it was canceled, canceled the first time yeah, or one first of the times. Time. Yeah. yeah, I think the first time. And so um, I was like, "Okie dokie." So I tuned in, and Keisha Cole was singing, and I think I listened to about oh god, like uh, <laughs> thirty seconds, and I was like, "Uh uh uh no, find a note, baby, find a note." And so then she finally stopped, and I was like, oh, so bad. She finally <laughs> stopped, and then Ashanti started singing, and then Keisha Cole says, oh, I thought we were done. Oh, we still going? Oh, oh, okay. And I was oh, like, wow. And I was like, you know what? This ain't for me. So I no. tuned right on off, because I was like, I ain't got time for this. I was like, why no. she got to stay gratitude? I'm just getting on here. It's supposed to be all about vibes and whatnot. Right. So I was like, no thanks. So apparently it ended up being great. They had like a large um, audience. People were very happy once it finally started. But I was like, I don't want to see a versus on CP time. No. I'm cool. So we're good. We're, we're real, good. real We're real good. good. So, yeah. yeah, so that was that. And um, the next big thing, and I was like, because Kristen is cheap, and <laughs> I will not be able to tell you my thoughts until next week because I have to wait until Monday to see it. See so, what? the Salt and Pepper Lifetime movie. Oh, that's happening today? Yesterday? It happened yesterday okay. at 8 p.m. I said I wasn't going to watch it because there's a whole you know, group text about, oh my God, are y'all going to watch that? And I'm like, um, based on the wigs alone, no thank you. Looks like a Tyler Perry production. <laughs> so I was like, no, oh, no thanks. God. And so they're like, you're no fun, you're no fun. So I was like, all right, I'll look at it. So I went to Lifetime. They're like, oh, it's not free until Monday. So I was like, oh, okay, okay like, yeah. I gotta wait until Monday. Oh yeah, because we're um, definitely not paying for it. Well, no, like if you have like, like I don't have cable. Like I have Wi-Fi, but I don't have cable. I just have like these. Yeah, me neither. Services. So, like, Lifetime, you can see it. They'll make it public after on Monday. So, again, it's not like <clears throat> The Godfather. I'll wait till Monday to see the <laughs> Lifetime show. Um, but it Definitely. brought up something. <laughs> wow. It is, like, so right. far from The Godfather. Right. Oh, my God. So, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's not even clueless. So, right. I'm going to... So people were like um, 
posted about it as it was going on, which were was hilarious. And they were like, I didn't realize there was so much talent in Sears. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot about that. I was like, I totally knew that. Wait, like, during the time that it happened. Yes. So they met each other at college and somehow ended up working at a Sears call center. Oh, and interesting. Who else worked at the Sears call center? Kid and Play and Martin Lawrence. What? <laughs> yes. Crazy. And so I was like, I didn't know the Sears had talent that deep up in it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What was Sears pulling all these folks in? Yeah. That's hilarious. So, I was like, that is so funny. I was like, yeah, I remember that. Like, you know, back in the day, they were talking about like how like they all like knew each other and like worked together. I remember, I didn't know. I know the kid and play. I remember the kid and play part. And I was like, that is so like crazy. But yeah, That's but the, there is some controversy, of course, surrounding uh-huh. um, the movie. Um, they are at odds with um, one Spinderella. Oh. She is suing them. Oh. Um, so she was not consulted on the movie. She's in it briefly, um, but not um, a pivotal character. It's okay. just mostly about them. And she is, um, yeah, she was not consulted for any part because they're like, we got to pay her $50,000 if whenever we say her name or something like that. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, so. Wow. so they're like, we're just going to kind of pretend you don't exist. Right. And like, she wasn't there like at the start, but like, she was there like by the time they got like, Big, you know what I mean? Right. Like she yeah. was there for like I mean, a big part of considered her part of the part of the group. I yeah, like I mean, it was like it was salt and pepper, but it was also like and and During the time, DJs were a big part, sure of rap group. You know, so we're like you know, Red DMC, like like they were like there, like they they were a part of it, even if they weren't like the main folks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I was like, okay, you know, yeah, I know y'all don't want to split your money three ways. I get it. You know, you're not like the main person, so yeah, your split not gonna be like it's not gonna be an equal split. Like I wouldn't think it would be an equal split. I don't know. Like I don't know what she write music. Like I don't know all of. So that's why I got to see the movie, mm-hmm. uh, even though that's gonna be their story. But mm-hmm. still, I, you know, it'll be like um, what's the um, the one in WA? Oh, straight out of Com- straight. It was a straight out of Compton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, okay, I'm with it. This was a fun movie, but y'all know that ain't how that happened. So, <laughs> right, it was it was one angle, one very right. specific perspective on how things went down. Which I mean, that's always going to be the case. Like that is always the case. Yeah, like I, it's, you're not going to get the, especially in in a group setting. Like you know, I don't care if it's about NWA or the Beatles. Like you know, like it's like. You're always the winners, yeah, or yeah, the popular person, the person, or the most whoever survived, or whatever. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's it's gonna be that one person's perspective, even if it's like the manager. Like, you're still gonna get, you know, like it's always gonna be biased somehow. Yeah, although I really enjoyed the new edition story. That was a, I think that was a lifetime. No, that was a BET movie. That Uh was better than I thought it was going to be. I remember you saying that. I was yeah, I'm on like this the very show. One, 
yeah, oh, see, I'm a big proponent. The Bobby Brown one, I said that again. The Bobby Brown one was trash, but the <laughs> one was very good. I could not even get through the Bobby Brown. I think I watched 20 minutes and I was like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, no, no, thank you. No, thank no, you. No, no, no. So, yeah, so Salt and Pepper, we will come back with a okay, um, review next week. So, okay. something to look forward to. Right. Um, and this is sad news, but I'm like, oh, but I was mm. like, yeah, cool. Insecure is ending after season five. So, they are in the middle of doing like their final season. Um, and yeah, it's it's ending. Um, Issa Rae like had a birthday. It was like maybe a few weeks ago. Had a birthday, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Hey, happy birthday, Issa! Happy birthday!" Then like the next day, she made like a, a I don't know if it was a um not a reel but like a story about like yeah you know this is the you know the final season of Insecure blah 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 and people lost their collective minds. <laughs> And we're like so mad with her because like the last season was really good and like the cliffhanger was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so people were mad at her, like, he said you for you know, blah blah blah. They were going in and she was like, Hey, it was all good yesterday. I need y'all to have that same energy. And they were like, No, we are not having it. No, They're like, you. No. <laughs> no. And so even like this past week, she like took a picture of like Oh, here we go. Fifth and final season of Insecure. Again, people lost. <laughs> they were like, F you, Issa. Like, are you <laughs> you just you just trolling us now, right? You just trolling us. That's how you gonna do us. Like for real. You ain't right. Oh, and so somebody uh, made a uh they're like, no problem, fifth and final season. Here's the new season. So it was like a poster. You know, like a, a poster for a new show, uh-huh. and it had her on the co- on the cover, and then it's like confident. <laughs> no, shut up. <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. <laughs> oh my god! When I saw it, it took me a second. I was like. Wait, huh? what? Right. And I was like, y'all stupid. <laughs> y'all stupid. Y'all real stupid. Not confident. Confident. I was like, y'all so dumb. Y'all are so dumb. But I love it. I love it. So great. So I yeah, love so it that people that are so upset. People like I got to and I was just like, no, but I was like, okay, I get it. Like, leave while you're on top. Like, cause mm-hmm. the way that the next season could go, it could go bad. And go good, so it's like it doesn't. And she's like, she's not bringing in the um pandemic at all, which I was like, that's cool, like, because mm-hmm. that would really take away from the show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, no, it was, it's so good. I like, I love Insecure. So, and again, like, it's about an age group a little younger than ours, so like, it's different how they like do things so i was like okay but this is real interesting i like it don't get it all the time but i'm like okay i like it so yeah there we go okay so that's that's all i'm gonna talk about that's enough i'm like that's enough all right um <laughs> i <clears throat> before we get to let's get personal i just remembered 
we would be remiss if we did not mention uh, the passing of baseball legend Hank Aaron this past week. Oh my gosh, and I don't know why that wasn't on my list because I updated things at the last minute. Absolutely. That was just, and I talked about it today actually. So, (laughs) yes. Oh my gosh. So sad. uh, He was 86 years old. Um, and, um, yeah, just, you know, he's obviously just huge, um, incredible story, um, uh, in terms of his participation in, um, the Negro Leagues, his, he's just recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom back in 2002, um, you know, uh, just, all, all sorts of things, you know, but like just being a black man in baseball um, at during a time that that was he was not welcome um, and all the all the ways in which he just blew, you know, blew people away with his talent and and just the sport altogether, um, breaking, you know, barriers of all sorts and all of that, like. Just amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, rest in peace, Hank Aaron. Yeah, and just he was a um, Atlanta institution, like Atlanta mm. um, legend. Like even after baseball, all of his contributions, um, you know, in the business world mm. um, and civic and community um, space. Like he's just he's just an amazing person. So absolutely. Rest in peace to Hank Aaron. Yeah. Um, and not really that old. 86 is, I feel like, on the younger side of old these days. You know, like people live so long. But 86 is not that old. Uh, so, all right. Let's get Speaking personal. Speaking of older, well, Larry King as well. Oh, that's right. That's right. Larry uh-huh. King passed away too. How old was Larry King? Gosh, I want to say he was like ninety six. I can't remember. I was like, I want to wear like I'm getting the six from, but he was like in his nineties. Was he? I haven't laid oh, eyes no, on. No, no, no. I'm sorry. He he was eighty seven. I could have thought. I thought he was in his nineties. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So also very close to the um, contemporaries. Then that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So many, I was like, there was lots of many people, like the whole like Tommy Lasorda. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I was just like, oh my gosh, it's too much. Yeah. Too legend. Yeah, all these, I mean, it's like, and it's this generation of uh, folks that I think we've grown up with always in our lives and always um, cent- central to, you know, um, whether whatever it was like you know Larry King and media and uh, Hank Aaron and Tommy Lasorda and baseball like just like these central central figures um, who are you know getting to that age where they're passing away so very sad um, so you can go let's get personal let's get personal okay so um, all is well on the west coast um, I have been so I have a couple of uh, Audible books that I've been listening to um, and which I'm very much enjoying. And the two that I'm going to mention are really, really different. Um, one is um, a book by Ashe Lemmy, 
and it's called uh, 50 words for rain. And I think I mentioned this to you. Um, I'm, and I'm, I need to do some more. I still haven't looked up like this, the author's story. Um, mm -hmm. I know that she's black, um, but the story is about um, a, a young girl who is, it's set in uh, post-World War II Japan. And it's a story of a young girl who is the product of an affair between a Japanese woman and a black American GI. Mm -hmm. And so it's just the little girl story, like growing up biracial in Japan and kind of like what she like, just, you know, just all the drama that she's going through, you know, how she's, you know, this is like still like the late forties, early fifties. So, you know, she's considered a bastard plus she's, you know, quote unquote colored, you know, so it's really good. It's really, really well written, really interesting. And <clears throat> if you like audible books, this is a really good narration because, you know, audible books can be like, in terms of the performance of the, <laughs> of the narration, they can be like exquisite and incredibly well done and like just completely draw you in, you know, through the use of voice. Um, yeah. And they can also be like, literally it sounds like a robot is reading to you you know so like it's everything in between like so this one is well on the like high performance end of audible books like so very good um you know, she, she does different voices or whatever for the different characters yeah she does different voices for the different characters and um and there is just now like the chapter that i just listened to during my workout today um was the first time a new narrator came in for like, cause every chapter is written in a particular character's voice, um, mm. you know, like, or I should say from a particular character's perspective. So, you know, she'll narrate, you know, through the, it's a female and they're mostly female characters. So, um, so she makes adjustments for like deeper voices for the men. But then just now we just got for the first time to a chapter that's narrated from one of the the male um characters perspective and so mm -hmm. there's a whole new narrator that comes in and does the man's voice like does, mm -hmm. and i was like oh who are you gentlemen in my ear all of a sudden so um yeah it's it's really well done like high 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 performance value um in terms of the voicing of the book um and really good so that's 50 words for rain and then the other one which is totally different uh, nonfiction is called The Liturgy of Politics. Um, and it's oh. by C Caitlin Chess, which is not spelled like chess. It's, <laughs> it's spelled S-C-H-I-E-S-S. -S. Um, but it's pronounced chess. Um, Caitlin Chess. Um, and it's, a, it's really good. Like it, now, I will say this, it's like content wise, like high content, um, uh, much more like cerebral uh, because it's basically about um, the how how has um, the, the American church the American like white evangelical church become who they are today and how, how have they tied themselves mm. like how have they tied themselves to the ridiculous political characters like Trump and and the like you know the like the 
types of like policies and things that are like so like anti-biblical um it's so good like it's really really good um and um interesting read yeah i you would really i think you'd really like it like i think because there's a lot of history to it um but there's also like a church history element to it and particularly with regard to like the church in america um so i'm thoroughly enjoying that so that one i'm listening to like um in between podcasts and stuff like i'll get a few chapters in now this one i will say the audible quality of this one is not that great (laughs) it definitely like it's a very like straightforward read um which i think part of it is the content of it is very like i said like kind of like high you know cerebral like reading but i feel like it's also like it could still be done with a little bit more (laughs) <laughs> y'all can do better than that just a little bit more of a like yeah. personality to it but it's okay uh, but, yeah. but, but, <laughs> so but it's still it's good I mean it's you know it's 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 very interesting the, the content is interesting enough where you can kind of just get past that um, so those are the two audible books I'm reading to with uh, re- listening to right now which I'm obsessed with um, and um, I've also found you know, so like my my very casual like reading that I do at night before I go to sleep or like as I fall asleep is always like a mystery book. Um, and I've found this new series of books that I like. Um, and oh my gosh, now I don't have. I thought I wrote it down. I'll look it at. But um, I'm reading these this new like you know like so mysteries are all are oftentimes like. Um, uh, a series you know like you know like okay if, if you think about like Agatha Christie has like the whole series that's based on Hercule Poirot Poirot, Poirot. I can never say his name Poirot? Poirot thank you um and and there's like there's like just tens and tens and dozens and dozens of books just on of him like solving different cases like all over the place right so this um this new series i found is by a canadian author um whose name i will tell you shortly and um (laughs) and it's really really good like i love i um i just love the um what do you call it like the there's been a couple of things that I've read that have been set in Canada Uh and, um, and it's just like, it's, 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 I don't know. I just find it so interesting. Like Canada is like, it's like familiar in like ways because, you know, it's North America. Like there's sort of like a, you know, like a familiarity, Mm -hmm. but then it's not, you know, like, then it's like so like foreign in so many ways because it's Canada and it's like it's you know this is kind of like set um on the Quebec side so there's like the French influence the huge French influence like um yeah just all of that so it's just it's it's fascinating um okay Hmm. so 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 I, I, I like I've, I've been there's a couple of things that I've, I've read that have been based in Canada and I just find them really, really fascinating. So because um, it just feels like America, but then it's like it's almost like a parallel universe, you know, where it's just like 
you know, it's like, it seems so familiar, but wait, all these things are different. So that can't be what I think it is, you know? It's uh, always like weird whenever I'm watching like a Canadian TV show. Cause like mm-hmm. they're small, like, little, like you said, like little tales, like when they say like petrol or there's always like little things that they yeah. do. And I'm just like, oh, right. Okay. Sure. My favorite thing is a, a swear word that I've learned um, that is very. Yeah, of course. Uh, it was very Canadian. And I actually, I first heard it, there was a there was a Canadian show that I watched. It was like a, it was a procedural, like a crime procedural um, based in Canada. Mm-hmm. And the one of the detectives, it was like a, a guy and a girl detective. And one of them kept saying this word. And I was like, you know, and, and like, and I could tell it was a swear word, obviously, just based on context. But I was like, it sounds like she's saying tabernacle and she is mm-hmm. like that's the word <laughs> like I was like but what is like I was like it sounds like she's saying tabernacle but that can't be it so then I finally looked it up and I was like oh yeah no that's like it's a Canadian like specifically Canadian swear word swear word um and they say it in English they say it in the the French word for tabernacle um like they, there's like all these different like versions of it but it's all tabernacle and it's like, a, it's a swear word. And it's terrific. Um, and they use it in the book all of the time. And it's very fun. Mm. Um, so anyhow, so the, <laughs> the, book that I, the book that I just finished, which is the first one of this series, it's um, the author's name is Louise Penny. And the title of the book is Still Life. Um, and it takes place in a small little town. Um, and it's the first of a series of novels by, uh, on Chief Inspector Gamache. It's a Chief Inspector Gamache novel. And it's the first of them. So I, I, I just finished reading that and immediately downloaded the next book in the series. So I'm very excited about my new um, my new uh, mystery series. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Canada, the Canadians, they're doing a whole lot of thoughts, good things. I love a good Canadian book. Well, I don't think I've ever read a Canadian-based book, but I love my Canadian show, so awesome. There you go. Um, so, yeah, so that, and then the only other thing that I've got, I'm trying to think... Um, if there's anything new, no, uh, here things, life is the same. I love my water rower. I don't know if I mentioned how much I love my water rower on the show. I know I've told you about it. Um, I think you have, but continue. But it's terrific. I'm obsessed with rowing. I rode for 45 minutes today. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm almost at a hundred thousand meters, like lifetime. Um, and it's so much fun and it's such a good workout and so far I have managed not to injure myself which is my one and only goal uh, every time is to get through the workout without pulling hurting inflammating twisting anything Mm. so I'm excited about that um and that's it I feel like I'm running out of shows to watch thank you uh pandemic because um Oh, but what we have not discussed, I don't think. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about, and but I think that we've both watched the last and most recent episode of This Is Us. 
Mm. Is that the one where he goes to his mom? Yeah. Oh, we did. We no, we didn't talk about it. Not we talked. We talked not on the show. We didn't talk about it at all. We talked about we talked before the sh- we talked before how we were anticipating how great it's going to be to find out the rest of Lauren's story, but we haven't talked since we both watched it. I mean, we haven't talked about it since we both watched it. No, stick with that. We haven't talked at all since we haven't talked in two weeks. <laughs> we haven't talked um, in two weeks. <laughs> okay. Um. Hmm. Okay. So, what did you think? Um, I'm trying to think now because it's been a couple. I feel like it's been a couple weeks. It has not been. Um, I really enjoyed it. I love the um backstory of like you know her family. Mm-hmm. What well, you know what happened to her brother? Um, just kind of like the story of what happened after she had the baby, after she had yes. Randall. That all look like her coming back home and you know her being going to jail, like all of that. I was just like, Yeah, wow, because that was like a whole crime and illegal, so right, yeah, and um, reconnecting with her aunt and him, and just that story the story of um, I can't remember his name now, the Vietnamese guy, and Hi. her. Hi, okay, thank you. Um, the story of like her and High at the market and how uh, they would you know, just stand across each other all that time and um, then how like you know his wife died she didn't show up and he you know they kind of reconnected and were able to have mm-hmm. those last couple of years like that was amazing um, I love Beth's um, reaction as always to the story uh, <laughs> Beth is hilarious. I love how they write Beth. Like I love because she is just so real all the she time. Is so real and like yeah, we drink an absinthe today. I'm like yes, we yes, all are. Like because that that was like crazy. So yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought that was just yeah, it was really nice and the whole water scene. I, I just I thought it was very sweet and. I cried a lot because I was like, oh, gosh, dead mother um, mm. story. But, yeah, but it was, you know, but again, that's This Is Us. Like, that's This can't... Is Us. It's just there to, like, make you have, like, cathartic moments. Um, I loved it so much. First of all, how much do I love Lisa Gay Hamilton? Can I just say I didn't know how much I missed her until she came on screen? <laughs> like, I was like, girl. I know. I was like, it was like an, old, like an old friend. Seeing <laughs> yeah. an old friend after so long. Oh, my god! And what was gosh. she on? The, was it the practice that she was on? For yes, so yes. That's how that's she, where she got her start was the practice. She's so good. She's just so good. And, oh okay, I'm like having a like a memory of her being in a classroom with her. I think when I was in UCLA, I went to something oh. and she was like one of the people talking to us oh wow so like she's just so good she's amazing she's She's like so good so good she's such a good actress Mm -hmm. and I was like girlfriend where have you been I literally was just like I felt reunited 
Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, I missed you. Didn't realize how much I, I didn't even you. know how much I missed you, girl. How are you? Yeah. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Uh, yeah, I was so so happy to see Lisa Gay Hamilton, and the and that was just such a yeah, such a beautiful role. Like I love that how she was just like this, mm-hmm. um, this place of solace and rescue for Lauren. You know, from mm-hmm. like initially from her her like you know, really staunch family. Um, mm. And then ultimately, you know, from her like life that like she like went off and lived and messed up in different ways and got caught up, you know, and um, yeah. thrown about by the prison system and our, you know, our justice, quote unquote, justice system. Um, yeah. You know, like, that she had this place to return to and like that she like, you know, got to like inherit that land and that home and that now yeah. belongs to Randall. Like that is crazy. She's like, we got a lake house in New Orleans. What? What? <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> was, that was crazy. Um, and yeah, the love story with high was just like, I, I can't like, <laughs> like oh my gosh like when you, when she comes back like when you know when she first comes back and sees him but then like you know there's like the collective realization that like oh he's married with kids like oh like oh my gosh and so it was just it was just so well done like I just love this this stupid show is so good. It's so well written. Stupid show. Stupid I show. I hate this stupid show because it just makes me. It does. It's like you like if you, and that's the thing. Like I feel like I spend a lot of time like pulling. You know, like you know, like my job is to like not cry and not to like fall apart or whatever. You know, so I just feel like it's like well, if anything that was like welled up, stopped up set aside like just watch this is us and it'll just like drag it all back out of you you know i swear absolutely yeah Um, so good yeah see i was gonna bring up another show that i watched last week that i said i wasn't gonna watch but i did um which was which is the night stalker oh it was so good did you watch the whole thing yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Um, one of my favorite characters is Gil's wife. Uh, <laughs> Girlfriend. I love Gil's wife. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, what I'm going to do is me and my children are leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With this over, let us know. <laughs> let us know. She's like, okay, so we're going to pack. I'm going to pack the kids up and basically tell me when this is over. I am not uh, even mad at her. I was like, yeah, girl, get out of there. Yeah, girl, leave. Get out of there. (laughs) I'm like, he ain't home anyway. What you gonna do? That's the worst thing. It's like, I put these all these kids by myself. You home. This is totally stressful. You drink it now. You uh (laughs) like who are you? Like I don't ever see you. And when you when you do come home, I know you were out with, with drinks with your with your boy Frank. You know, like uh uh-uh, uh, no. Uh-uh, and now uh-uh. now this fool knows who you are. Mm-mm. So nope. that part. So okay, just jumping around. So like, I loved her. Love yes. Gil and Frank. They're amazing. Yeah. But 
I I didn't know this part because mm. again, I was like eight or nine when this all happened, mm. and this isn't like a part of the story that I remember. But I was so livid, like I was there, and like I'm have like I'm still mad, like right now. <laughs> Diane Feinstein, uh huh, Mayor Diane Feinstein, who yeah. goes on the television, yeah, and tells everyone. All like I'll gives away like all the major like things that all they the have clues. about yeah all the clues that they're holding yeah because you don't tell everybody everything no there's no need he's on your tracks he's on yeah. he knows that you know yeah yeah and so I was like you stupid are you yeah. kidding me why would you do that yeah and then the other reporter lady I was mad at her too because like yeah. are you really, like really. Like, are, are you really like? I can't think of the the name. Like, um, I know, Black like, Kelly Mill, kind of like, um, yes. Are you really like blackmailing them to extorting them, basically? Yes. To not like, I was like, oh my god, you guys are the worst. Yeah, so stupid. Because I was just like, okay, you guys do realize this is like a murder investigation. Like, it's. Like I get like wanting to get the story or whatever, but like, come on now. So it other was, people are gonna die, but you got the scoop. Like, but you, you got the scoop. Are you kidding me right now? I could not. Yeah. So that like those things made me angry, and I loved how they did it, where it wasn't centered around him, and they no, didn't like it really was him. Yeah. No, Laurel Erickson. That's her name. Yeah, they didn't. Um, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, glamorize. I thought that was. They didn't glamorize him at all. Like it was really about the detective work, the police work that went into it. The like, it was so well done because it was just like, I know the story. I mean, I've mm-hmm. one like lived it. Like I was, I was, you know, obviously like around like twelve, thirteen, or whatever. So I remember very much like it being a huge thing oh yeah home. I remember it was on the news all the time my parents were mm-hmm. watching about it I was I just remember like the fear and just being afraid and everybody around me being afraid you know what I mean right so I, yeah I like and like, like my parents were yeah like it's it's such a, my parents were already like super paranoid people like just on the, like a regular day uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so like don't let there be like a serial killer on the loose <laughs> like the level of like heightened alert like our entire house went into like was bananas so yeah like so I've like know the story from like having like lived through it but also like I've listened to podcasts about it and read articles on it so but it was still really interesting like it was a really well done documentary because I don't I had not ever seen it, you know, from Gil and Frank's perspective and the way they had to tie the, t- the, the way they ended up having to like tie the cases together using, um, using the shoe print and how like difficult that had to be because it was all across jurisdictions and all the drama with. Oh, with that's the other yeah. thing. Oh my gosh. LAPD. <sighs> LAPD, sheriffs. Yeah. Everybody. Oh my gosh. Yes. 
they're just I still never like because this is like a thing that goes that you hear about in a lot of true crime cases is this whole idea of how like jurisdiction gets in the way of like the work which to me I'm sort of like okay so like at what point do you like just cut it out like that's not a thing like you can't like it doesn't like it's it's like it's acknowledged that it's a problem but then I'm like okay so could you stop doing that then like because it's such an unnecessary thing like who caught the case and whose case is it and whether you're going to share information or not I'm like stop being five years old everybody it like, happens all the time and uh, like yeah. and it, it, even governmental things not something as high stakes as a murder but right. I remember I think it happened like near you um, years ago where like like a pipe burst or something like that, like near uh-huh. where you live. Uh-huh. And it was kind of like on the border of like LA County, LA City. And so uh-huh. they fought forever about who was going to fix it. And I was like, are you guys, serious? somebody just fix it. Like, right. Fix it. Like it stinks. It was like a sewer line or something. It smells oh, that's right. so bad. And I was like, <laughs> are you, somebody get off your Go fix it. Oh my gosh, go fix it together if you have to. For I'm go like, fix it together. You be on your side. <laughs> you so fix dumb. the car. Like, it was just so, yeah, like that happens like all the time, especially like a high profile murder case. Everyone right. wants the glory, they want to be the one. And I'm like, okay, it's no. just so ridiculous. I'm like, you realize this people are just going to be dying left and right. Like, this, man. yeah. Because you guys are over here fighting about little little stuff, um, like credit or whatever. Like it's so dumb. Um, so yeah, loved the Night Stalker. Like, and I was mad because it was so quick. Like I was like, oh, there's only one episode left. <laughs> like, um, which was great. Like they did the, they did. I thought they really did justice to how he ended up getting caught. Like just the all the you know kind of like the oh, mob, the, the mob of people part. that was. It's it's always the best part of the story. Um, and I think, you know, like, it's the way that it, it, you know, like, it's important to tell it right, basically. And they did a really good job of it. Oh, yeah. I love that. Like, he was on the bus. Like, how are you just going to be on the bus, dude? Like, are you serious? And he had such a distinctive face and look, you know? It's not like he could, you know, like... And it, smell and everything else. Everything about oh, him, but his office too. Like again, I think that was another LAPD thing. I'm like, oh my god, the dentist's office and them not oh, like. Oh yes, so many, like, so many times where they were like just about to catch him or just right, right behind him or you know, and they just dumb stuff or egos <laughs> got in the way and like you know more people ended up dying, yeah. and he was um, he was so just. He was, and that's like this. The 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 scary thing about him really was how much he didn't have an mo. You know, like he was. That's the thing that helps you like pin down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, random, no rhyme or reason. No, little kids, old women, sexual assault or not. You know, straight murder or or both. You know, like, I mean, it was just such a bizarre, bizarre, like, he really was, like, you know, like, he got the reputation as, like, the devil and all this, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not, you know, (laughs) he may have really been, like, possessed, because Mm -hmm. it was such a, 
just such an effort to just like kill and destroy in whatever way possible, you know? Um, and it didn't matter who it was. And, you know, and he was just oh, so brutal, so brutal. So, um, yeah, really. Well, and people complaining about the brutal, um, how um, graphic the show was. I'm like, um, guys, first of all, it's a true crime like documentary, like mm-hmm. about a serial killer. What do you? What are you expecting? Yeah, and he literally is one of the most brutal serial killers mm-hmm. that have ever been. Like he's he's um, numbers wise, he's not as prolific as like Ted Bundy, but in terms of the brutality of his crimes, there's bananas like yeah so I don't know that there was much of a way around that if you're going to tell the story Mm. so mm, mm, mm. yeah excellent all right what else you got um so yeah tv watching hello okay yeah I don't know what was happening um so again me and the vegan life it's been 24 days okay without any um without meat Uh only one time have i had um dairy i had um some cheese okay um and that was that was a rough day um but since then i really haven't been yeah i really have i just needed some shake shack Uh Um, again it was a treat and like when I described the treat it did not sound like a treat at all either Mm -hmm. it was like lettuce wrap the mushroom burger that has like the cheese inside and like half a thing of fries (laughs) like I'm treating myself I'm so stressed Um, so yeah so like one and I haven't really been craving cheese which was is really odd to me because I literally you know, I've told you, like, I've literally had, like, just a plate of shredded cheese and just, like, oh, yeah, enjoy I it. Like, I love cheese so much, so but I really haven't been craving cheese. Like, I've, you know, so a couple of times, like, I've put the, like, um, vegan cheese on things, and now I really don't even want that. So it's been, mm-hmm. like, yeah, so it's been, like, pretty cool. So... Um, yeah, I'm like cooking new recipes, learning new stuff. Like it's very, a, a lot of research involved mm-hmm. um, and, you know, trying to figure out how this to do this. And it involves a lot of cooking because I can't eat out at a lot of places because even things mm-hmm. like McDonald's French fries um, is not vegan. You know, fr- McDonald's French fries are not vegan. So it's just, yeah. So you just have to be careful and. I end up cooking a lot and meal planning, which is very good. Um, I, you know, the past couple of weeks again have been a little bit stressful, but I, um, I've been doing like snacking because mm-hmm. there are some things that I found out that are horrible for you that are vegan. So I did indulge. So now I've got to the point where I was like, okay, I just can't buy those anymore, even though mm. I know that they're vegan, like Oreos. Are vegan. So first of all, I was like, yeah, yeah, I want a cookie because I'm a cookie monster. <laughs> um, but also too, um, I'm a little disturbed by the fact that there is no dairy in Oreos. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> 
So like that's the other thing that I found with like all of the things that are um that are accidentally vegan. I was like, mm. like bacos, and I was like, oh, but you're like bacos. Like, why don't you have bacon in you? No, nope, it's just like all kinds of things that are like creamy, like salad dressings and different things that you're like, you should have some dairy in you. Why don't you? Um, yeah, it's all very disturbing. So I was like, so that's <laughs> like a big, <clears throat> a big thing for me. So I was like, okay, like it's vegan, but I don't think I want to eat that because it should have dairy in it. So yeah, so that's been that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, me. So haven't you know? Like I've had fleeting cravings here and there, but um, it hasn't been like super overwhelming. I'm like sticking to it. So. I'm proud of myself. So yeah, good it's job. Thank good you. Good um, work. Thank you. Um, the other thing is like all food related, um, mm-hmm. but it, part of it kind of happened today. So I'm super excited about it. It's so fun. So I am in a cake baking club. Oh, that's right. How's this going? Oh my God. So fun. So one of my Facebook friends, read an article in Southern Living Magazine um, that has like the 21 cakes, no, not 21, the 12 cakes you need to make in 2021. And so Mm -hmm. she was like, hey guys, anybody in my line, would anybody be interested in doing like a little cake baking club where we all bake the cake for the month. Uh, We, you know, submit pictures, um, kind of, you know, talk about it. Then we'll do like a Zoom or something once a month, and we'll talk about the cake and what we thought, and you know what we how we tweaked it and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, because like a lot of us have like so like I'm veganizing everything, and what you know, a couple of the ladies are gluten free, so they're like you know making those adjustments there. So so yeah, so like that, it's been really fun. So we made our first cake, which is a wacky cake, um, which. Uh, awesomely was like actually a vegan cake where like yes right off the bat I don't really have to make any big substitutions Mm -hmm. so it's a depression era cake so no eggs no dairy in the cake um Mm. so yeah because they're like eggs and milk were hard to come by so but people want to make cake so it's called wacky cake um the recipe was so stupid and I was like I will definitely make this cake again because it got rave reviews However, I will not do it the way that the instructions um, said to do it. It was kind of dumb. So, but yeah, but it was like a really good cake. Yummy, yummy. I made some substitutions with the icing um, with vegan butter and um, oat milk, which I have become obsessed with, like way more than I like regular milk. And um, yeah, it just came out super delicious. Everyone was like, this is vegan. Okay, great. Because this tastes really, really good. So yeah, nice. so very excited. Next month is going to be much harder. Um, first of all, it's a lemon raspberry cake. I hate raspberry, so I'm going to have to do something else. So it might be a lemon strawberry or mm-hmm. a lemon blueberry cake. Okay. Uh, and it's um, there's a lot of other substitutions that I'll have to make. So like there right. it has cream cheese in it. It has eggs in it. It has. I think milk, it has sour cream. So there's like a whole bunch of stuff that I'm like, God, that's a lot for me to like figure out. So we'll see how that goes. Interesting. 
or you know I may add some things take some things out and just you know I'm not gonna eat a whole cake so it doesn't matter it will be (laughs) (laughs) and there is a funny thing is like there's one friend in our group who does not bake but she loves sweets Mm -hmm. Um, so she's in the group and like participating invited other of her friends in uh, was on the Zoom call today, which I think is so hilarious because we get, like, she did not bake anything, but she is fully invested and people are dropping off cake to her. Oh, that's like, perfect. Yeah, she was like, I am, like, the taste tester. And they are like, do you oh, think we need to get somebody awesome. else to be the taste tester? And I, and I was like, no, I think she has it covered. And she was like, yeah, I think I got this. <laughs> so at least like, <laughs> like, I'm feeling really confident about my skills in taste testing. Yes, I was like, "Oh, my I am God. not yeah. mad at her." It's so hilarious. So I yeah. love that. So yeah, she's uh, like, "Yeah, I'm smart girl." Anything, but like, I will volunteer to be a taste tester. But I was like, "Yeah, yeah, absolutely." Because like, smart I'm not girl. gonna make all this. I'm not gonna eat all this cake if I make a cake. So yeah, everyone's like, "You want me to drop you off some cake? I'll drop you off some cake." So yeah, she's meeting people on corners, doing um, cake exchanges, doing a. hilarious so yeah so that's my thing so I'm excited about this it's like a little fun little thing it was nice to chit chat with the ladies most you know some strangers Mm -hmm. I don't know but people I haven't seen in a a long time right we're like a Facebook room for the first time which I have never done before which is pretty neat Okay, but a lot of people could not get in because they one weren't very familiar with Facebook and two like I think if they're on Apple's, it was they had to like download Chrome, like it was a whole thing. So um, we're just gonna do Zoom. I was like, everyone, I feel at this point like has mastered Zoom. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, or at least yeah. you know. So I was so we're like, yeah, yeah we're just gonna sure. do Zoom next time. So I was like, yeah, people don't have time to learn new things. Like, no thanks. Um, mm, so yeah. So, so that's been like a little fun, um, little activity, like. Um, lately I feel like yeah Clubhouse has been a thing like me moderating oh, right. um, like I had one today before this so um, yeah so it's it's been good I've been a busy bee and resting and and watching TV so that's that's my life right now I'm kind of on a a more resting than working kind of thing right now, which I need to like tip the scale a little bit more to the working side. Mm, okay. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just feel like I needed that time. Yeah, I feel like it's going to get busier again very soon for me. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Very good. Excellent. Mm-hmm. No, okay. Get back to married at first sight for another <laughs> twenty minutes. Yeah, 20, thirty minutes before I go to I sleep. I need to go pack my food. I made my lunch for the week. I'll be having. Okay, soup. I thought you were gonna say you were about to pack your bag. I'm like, where are you going? Okay. I pack my bags. I gotta catch a red eye. No, um, I um, no, I have to go pack my lunch for the week. I have made food cart chicken, um, with what? brown rice. Food cart chicken. What's that? Um, it's one of the, my skinny taste recipes. It's just a really yummy, um, like just well seasoned uh, grilled chicken with this uh, 
food cart sauce, which is like a yogurt-based sauce um, that has like lemon and garlic and um, what else is in there? Lemon, garlic, a little sugar, a little pepper, uh, salt, all mixed into the yogurt. So it's like a yummy, like tangy sauce to go over your like spicy grilled chicken. And then I serve it over brown rice. Okay. Yum. Yeah. It's delicious um, and super healthy and like really good. So, um, so yeah, it's all cooked and ready to go. I just need to, I was letting it cool while, while we recorded and then I can go chop it all up. Portion. Okay, I feel like you. I feel so much like Andrea, who's a good little meal planner. I am. That's I have been meal planning. It's been so great. And I finally Yay. found it how, how to make it work for me. Right. Which good. I have to make several things. I have to have choices. Right. So um like you you like you could eat the same thing like every day. I cannot do that. So I kind of have to like rotate things in and out. Like mm-hmm. I'll make like maybe two or three things for lunch and then like I'll have those options and then like the same for like dinner. Like I have to have like a few choices and I can rotate between those okay. choices. Yeah, but it's yeah. great. Like breakfast it- can be the same every day. I don't care. About. Yeah, it's wonderful. Like, and I, um, and especially since, like, you know, I'm like back to calorie counting and watching, you know, what I'm, what I'm putting in my mouth and what I'm consuming every day. Um, so it's terrific for that too, because it's like once you figure out, like, you know, whatever your menu is for a week, you're basically like your calories are already counted. Like, you don't, you know, like I still log everything every day, but it's basically like, exactly the same every single day like there's not a whole lot of variation um Mm -hmm. which is great so so yeah so um this has been everything guys thanks for listening in Mm -hmm. um happy new president everybody (laughs) 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 so good Oh my god, it's the best. Yay, so it's happy. Such a so good feeling. Happy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Happy happy day. <laughs> happy day. Happy a- day. Yes. Yeah. So just another quick little happy dance for the state of the union. And um that's it. We will see you all again next week. Thanks for listening in, folks. Bye. Bye. Wait Tell Me Everything is written and produced by Kristen and Andrea. Find all available listening platforms at anchor.fm forward slash wait tell me everything. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out and get social with us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter and IG at wait tell me pod. Questions, feedback, or something you'd like us to tackle? Email us at wait tell me everything at gmail.com. <laughs>